everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me for this episode 76 is Tara. Greetings, citizens. <laughs> this is a science fiction movie podcast. Uh, we get together, you know, we talk about, we watch a movie, we get together, we talk about it. Uh, usually, you know, a sci-fi movie as the previous description would apply. And on this episode, we're actually doing a, a follow-up movie to something we've already done. Uh, if you'll go back to like the teens or the early 20s, uh, not that they're numbered on YouTube admittedly, but if you check the podcast feed, they're all numbered. Uh, we did Primer, which is obviously a very infamous cult movie about time travel, made for almost no money and is very confusing, and we had a good chat about that. This is the director of that movie's follow-up film, which he did much later in 2013, so almost a decade later. And I'd never seen this, Tara never seen this, and nope. we we thought, oh, we should do this at some point. So we, we put it on the schedule and we watched it. So we will start spoiler-free. We will give you a warning before we get to spoilers. And before we start the conversation, I'm going to try and chill a little bit here at the start. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Liking's really important. And uh, lets more people find us. You know, it's the easiest way to support everything we do and keep all the episodes coming. And I'm telling you this now because I know so many people just turn things off before we get to the, the plugging <laughs> at the end. So, all right. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. So, what is Upstream Colour? Well, luckily for us, Tara knows exactly what this movie's about, understood it completely, and has essentially written a thesis in advance to tell us all about it. So, Tara, why don't you tell us the spoiler-free premise of Upstream Colour? Um, yeah, I think I have it written down somewhere. Uh, a man and woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Obviously. For those of you who are not looking at the IMDb page right now, that is literally the synopsis on IMDb that Tara just read out. I am going to need some help with this one. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a straightforward movie, right? Let's get that out of the way. This is not a film... And it, I want to say kind of like Primer, but it's actually not. This is the weird thing, is that they're they're both confusing movies to a point, but they're both confusing in very different ways. Which to, to the director's credit, to uh, Shane Carruth's credit, uh, I, I don't feel like they are the. Even though I can I can sense the same directorial style, the way he likes to do montages and narration, do feel mm-hmm. very kind of similar between the two films. But uh, this film's also ultra cheap. It's not quite as ultra cheap as Primer was, but it was still made for less than a hundred thousand dollars, which is still for a movie, yep. dirt cheap. It's nothing. And this one looks more like a movie than the first one did. Uh, so credit... It definitely. Where credit is due uh, and, and that front. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess spoiler-free in terms of just giving a a premise. Yeah, there's a kind of a kind of a ethereal romance uh, with the sort of science fiction twist uh, to it. And... <laughs> Uh, I mean, the opening. I mean, the, I guess the opening plot of the movie is that a woman is essentially drugged with a parasite of sorts that leads to a, I'll call it a state of hypnosis, which leads to her livelihood being robbed from her. And the film then kind of explores the aftermath uh, of that and the effect that it has on her life and a connection she still has with the parasite uh, that is explored throughout the film. Um, and I feel like that is about as much as I can really say without going into spoiler territory. Because by that point, I, I need to start kind of really explaining in depth kind of where the film goes and how it gets from A to B to C to D to somewhere up in the 
that higher part of the alphabet because it goes a long way there's, there's, there's a lot of letters of the alphabet in this one so uh yeah um yeah, so we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll give our general impressions, and we'll then we'll go into plots and spoilers and whatnot. But uh, Tara, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's your feelings on Upstream Color? Did you like it? No, um, I did not like it. <laughs> I'll say okay. Uh, I sort of had a bad day, and <laughs> I watched this film, and this film is very alienating i feel like it's just it's like the the first part is actually really compelling and Mm -hmm. i was very into it and then it just goes into like bizarre world and i've read over the synopsis of the plot and i remember watching all the scenes that i was reading but it wasn't like the there's no like overall overarching like theme to the film that i can go oh that's why i watched it that's the story they wanted to tell it's it's nonsense to me it's pretentious nonsense i don't like it well that is about as hot a take as you can get when i asked (laughs) that question at the start of the show (laughs) so um and I'm not even sure, because I, I know how I feel, and I'm going to tell you what I feel in like about 30 seconds. I just, I don't know what's the best thing for the show at this point. Is it is the best <laughs> thing that I disagree with you so we can have a debate about it? Is the best thing that I agree so you don't want to kill me by the end of this? Look, the people who know us <laughs> and have subscribed to the channel and yes. watch us every week like us because we're we're just us. We're honest. We're honest to them. Don't do what's best for the show. Just go with your gut. Okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll take. I'll take that as a go with whatever that's I feel. Going to be best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. That's. It's honestly a hard one to just sum up in a sentence how I feel. It's it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Um. I will say that I think it's ambitious. I think that as a follow up to Primer, this is clearly. There's this director, actor, producer, writer that he is. Because he's in the movie, as he was in Primer. You know, I, I recognized him. I was like, oh yeah, this is this guy, but 10 years older. Yeah, this is this him. I feel like it's reaching so high, and it's it's so determined to have this ethereal quality, and it doesn't. It wants to be more of a tone poem of a movie. Uh, you know, it's an art house film. There's no, there's no getting around that. This is a, a straight oh, yeah. up art house movie and if you hate this the, the phrase art house movie you're going to despise this with every fiber of your being run in the opposite direction because it is not for you uh because you will essentially come and i'm uh, tara I'm not, I'm not saying tara doesn't like art house movie because i know i know that tara does like some mm-hmm. art house movies but but you will say what tara just said you will say it's pretentious you will say it's pretentious dreck and you will hate it and you will you will wish ill upon the creators and you'll wish ill upon anyone who tries to tell you otherwise. Uh, which is where I say I quite liked it. <laughs> and <laughs> so <laughs> But I'm a pretentious kind of guy, alright? Oh yes. <laughs> What's that mean? What do you mean? Oh yes. How dare you? Okay. Oh I mean, maybe you can help me, you know, get through this and uh explain things to me. Cause I'm sure there are a lot of people who have seen this film who want to like it the thing when you watch primer like 
primer makes you want to better yourself so you can, you know, rise up to the level of the movie that it is. It does. Like, it, it says, okay, this is a lot of math, and it's probably all right. So work harder, be better, and then you can like this movie, and then you can understand this film. This movie is... It... That's actually... That is... Primer, it's it's prim- nothing. This, this movie is just like I'm going to create <laughs> art for art's sake. I mean, how how can you like this and say <laughs> Alphaville is like Godard is is like not not worthy of your of your time anymore? Like, oh, you're you're <laughs> pulling out the Godard comparison in the first like ten minutes of this. Are you crazy, woman? <laughs> what? I have to start off by defending my opinion on Godard. Are you? Look, uh, I mean, at least Alphaville had like a theme <laughs> this has themes we'll talk about themes you want themes i've got themes for you i've got themes I've got... oh my, my shady coat in a back alley i'll be like i've got themes for sale no tax i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it, it it's like it the beginning is really strong and Can like I... there's this constant like music that's playing that's so like it's going for for atmosphere and tone, and it just comes off as just like monotonous and overdone, and and the constant cutting and the editing is just like, oh, we're here, but we're also there, and then we're this too, like we're all part of this cycle. <laughs> I hate. I don't like it. I, I won't say I hate it. I almost did there. I I, you did, I don't yeah. hate it. And you okay. know, I watched it on a bad day. I was in a bad mm-hmm. mood, mm-hmm. and this movie. Mm-hmm. it's just it's not for me it's like it's like staring at a white canvas painting and someone's telling you it's art and you're going <laughs> eh. i just see white okay um i feel like i'm instantly <laughs> the villain for the rest of this review now given that description okay something you said there about primer i was going to jump in and make a point but you there was no stopping you so <laughs> So you said primer was was like the math, the math. Like I felt the math was probably right, and you 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 bought into it. I'm going to say that primer is to math what this movie is to poetry. Uh, you hate poetry. No. <laughs> oh, what have I ever said? I hate poetry. You did when we talked about Alphaville. Did I? I don't yeah, remember that. Because the computer does talks in poetic verse. Oh, well, I hate people talking in poetry like pretentious douchebags. That's that's different. Okay. <laughs> but people filming in poetic verse. Like, oh, that's that's art now. Okay. I like the language of cinema. Editing, music, the way shots are framed, the cutting, the... Yeah. <laughs> all those things. All those things that you're sitting there rolling your eyes at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody likes those things. That's how we go to the movies. This is not a good example of that. This is an example of what happens when you do too much of it. Like, there's too there's too much editing. There's too much music. What the hell are the pigs about? Like, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> why are they recording all the sounds? Damn it, Tara. Like, Okay, you have a lot of explaining to do. Okay, sure, right. I'm going to have to be able to, you know, finish a thought occasionally before you jump in with the 
as pretentious garbage. How dare you? <laughs> Speech. Okay. <laughs> I love how One. two minutes ago you're like, I'm not going to say I hate it. And then I start to make a point. You're like, I hate it. Why, Why is all the cutting? What's with all the music? I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> you, this is your chance. Okay. Go ahead. All right. All right. It's so welcoming when you phrase it that way, with that tone. <laughs> For the audio listeners, I'm getting... I'm about to turn this off. Clear. <laughs> okay, okay. 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 Alright, where do I start? Where do I start? Alright, I feel like I'm putting a... Uh, there's pressure here on me right now to... I don't know, but you sure are delaying the start. Probably because you don't know where to start. <laughs> I I admit I don't know where to start. It's it's, yeah. it's a it, there's there's a cycle to the movie, and the thing about a cycle is, is it's hard to pick which part is the start. Probably the larva stage. <laughs> if I was to jump in here. All right, we're not we're not at plot yet. Though. Can we talk about some of the other things first before we get to the plot and do all the spoilers? Right. Yeah. What do you go? Oh, go. Okay. Okay. Performances. Already. Performances. Acting. What what do you feel about the performances? I like the girl. The girl's great. Sure. Um, she's very convincing. Uh, and and like the whole movie is about her for the most part. Uh, I tend not to like when actors direct themselves most of the time. Anyway, there are a few exceptions. Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Uh, there's always like, yeah, there, he's an exception. Um, <laughs> and you know, whenever Jonathan Frakes directs. Oh yeah, it's okay when Jonathan Frakes does it. Of course um but like you can always tell i don't know like there's always like they're not getting enough uh they're not getting enough feedback <laughs> when they direct themselves um and i didn't think that he was great in primer either but you know whatever it was an indie film this is also um but i think he also had like other people who were in primer who were just as good as him if not worse <laughs> so like it, it was kind of passable but in this movie i think like she's clearly a great actress and he's yeah. like okay. i um i recognized her and i was curious what i recognized her from because her face seemed really familiar and you know i was looking through and she was in the pet cemetery remake which is like oh god is that what i know her from and it's not actually i mean she oh i did see that but uh she was in your next which was actually before this movie uh, in terms of shooting and i really like that movie um, like and she's also been in episodes of various tv shows she's popped up in a bunch of stuff uh she was also an alien covenant of all things which i know you've not seen Mm-mm. but i did <laughs> so despite the fact that she's mostly been in trash uh you know your next not being the trash because your next is great i love your next but uh but i recognized her and it was kind of bugging me like excuse you know, it's just like i've seen her and enough things, but never really rem- like remembered her in anything that I've seen her in. So she had that weird vibe of like, I really know that face. And it's mm-hmm. because she's been in like four foot things that I've seen. So, um, but no, she's a she's a an actress we're talking about for the record is Amy uh, Samitz, I believe you say that or Samitz maybe. Uh, but she is a uh, she's good. No, I agree. Uh, I I don't necessarily have a problem with his acting. I think. I mean, he's not going to necessarily win any awards, but I think he he comes across in a very natural way in the type of movie he's making. Uh, like I think if you put him in a movie that had like you know a lot of big actors in it, it, it would really suffer and he'd really stick out. 
I, th- I think in his tone poem style of directing, he kind of fits in these like short sound bites, which is kind of what he has to perform in. You know, there's very few scenes where he has to sit and like have a conversation and have the conversation kind of like just be in- uninterrupted and just let it go. I I would be willing to bet the part of the, the 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 charm of doing it that way is that a lot of the bad takes that he did, or if he's only got good parts of conversations because he thinks he's really bad at the end of a conversation or the start, is that he gets to chop it up completely. And yeah, I mean that's true. I suppose to, to it, unless you're doing something in a winner, it's true of like most movie scenes, I suppose technically. But it's especially well, even the scenes where, where they're together, like it's it's usually focused on her for the most yeah. part. He'll have a few like reactionary shots, but you can always kind of tell like he's got the I'm on camera look going. Better look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, she is the professional actress, and she she yeah. is the the, the 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 central focus of the movie and uh, she she holds it down um mm-hmm. i mean there's not really much of a debate we can have here i'll to say that i like the music i can't really say you know i, I have no counterpoints you didn't like it. i, I kind of liked how dreamy it felt uh i, I was into it it was just so constant <laughs> and i was kind of into the way it was edited uh which i know you also didn't like but it's Kind of, a lot, especially at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, it started, it started going around a lot at the end uh, as if it was ramping up uh, very intentionally. And the last, like, 20 minutes or so have, like, no dialogue. It kind of goes quiet in terms of actual spoken words, uh, which I, I thought was an interesting way to have it all sort of play out, just kind of in a visual sense of, like, almost like this rush of emotion at the end as opposed to, like, actually explaining Because this movie's not interested in explaining what's going on. This movie, you have to pay attention, and even if you do pay attention, you have to kind of really take it in and think about it and then even then you may have to read a couple of uh, guides afterwards to give you a, a sense of what's going on um i i Teach me. I, I think I, <laughs> like i'm not saying i had everything sussed out i because i didn't and there's still certainly little things that i i can't explain necessarily but uh and there was definitely some moments more than other because i i thought i had the movie sussed about halfway through and then it got really weird afterwards, and I was like, oh, wait, no, I think I think it's getting weirder, and I'm not so sure I know what's going on anymore. And then it kind of came back around at the end, and I kind of felt like I knew what was happening. Um, it, it, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely that type of movie. And I, I think from this conversation, you know yourself if there's a chance you're going to like this. Now, even if you like movies that are this R.A., you may... You still might not like it, right? I'm not saying you definitely will like it, but I think if this is the sort of thing that you're definitely a big no-no on, you'll know from this conversation. You'll you'll know that you shouldn't watch it. Would you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you'd agree with that, yes. Uh, all right, cat, come on. <laughs> Gus, try to sabotage. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely like super art house. Uh, very um, very. I'd say. It's, it's very open to interpretation. And if you like challenging films like that, I think maybe give it a go. Um, maybe you'll get something more out of it than I did. Uh, I certainly, it's not that I don't enjoy challenging films. Like I do, I do when movies like give me something thought provoking and it's, it's like I'm able to come out of that somewhat enlightened, even if I'm still a bit confused by it, you know, I, the, but this film doesn't give me anything like that. And if I'm 
as I'm trying to like figure it out from the beginning, I, I'm, you know, I'm really into the start of the film uh, and it's, you know, just as bizarre, but then it does like every, I don't know, like every 30 minutes or so just change the film to where you're like, Oh, that's not what this is about. And uh, I don't, I don't think there is a theme or a message or something I'm supposed to, to discover from this film other than it, it, I'm not saying it's random. Uh, I, I'm just saying if there is something deeper, like I missed it. And I think a lot of people are going to miss it. And I, I don't think that's necessarily like a good thing. I think, see, that's something that I said about Primer as well, though. I think Primer, like, doesn't actually have to be as complicated as it is. They, the film intentionally withholds details so that it's as complex as it actually feels. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true of this film, where it wouldn't actually take that much to kind of just solidify a couple of the ideas so that it's, it's a bit more easily explained to the audience in the film. But it chooses not to. And, you know, you could, you could take that as pretension. You could take that as whatever from the director like you know he's he's, he's been a pretentious douchebag because he's refusing to give this he wants us to figure it out and you know piece the puzzle together i don't think that he's pretentious i think the film just comes off that way maybe unintentionally okay okay um so you you would say then that that would that'd be a a lack of his skill then is that yeah he doesn't yeah okay well well, then he's going because i did feel that way about primer also i mean we rated it positive but not not like it's a 10 must oh, sure. be yeah. <laughs> you know there was still issues that we oh, had like there's a whole plot point we went that was really unclear and that's a problem much much like primer i think this is equally flawed but yeah there's a lot of good qualities to it and there's a lot of things i like about it and i definitely like the ambition for sure uh so no um yeah, so much of what we're going to talk about is in the, in the spoilers, so I, I guess we're at the point where I'm just going to have to say, yeah, we're, we're going to j- jump in. Uh, but before we do, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Born Now, and Zammer Jammer. They are all our Patreon producers for the month because they are $20 or above patrons. But you don't have to be a $20 patron, do you, Tara? No, you don't. If you like us and you like the channel and you'd like to support us if you go to our patreon page it's patreon.com slash tv and donate as low as one dollar per month you will get more of our content that's not available on youtube so check it out and we have a whole back catalog of films that we've reviewed if you're looking for b-movie classics and cult classics um we have the transfer saga on there judge dread from 1990 something We've got uh, <laughs> Time Cop on there, a favorite. Um, we even started doing some sequels that are a bit more B-movie, like The Philadelphia Experiment too. So please check that out. And um, if you donate $5 per month, you will get access to our reviews one week early, plus all the bonus content. So thank you. Yeah. Did you say one week early? <laughs> one day early. <laughs> I didn't even catch it when you said it. It was just there was like a, a second after you finished. I went. What I mean, there are <laughs> shows that you will get a week early. Yes, but not this but one. Not the eighth. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so let's dive in. Full spoilers for Upstream Color. Let's work through this bad boy and see if we can piece this together. You have 20 minutes. <laughs> Timer starts now. This is never this is never happening in 20 minutes. Uh, so we begin with a mysterious character who is simply credited as the thief. Uh, he is getting a, a larva from some plants, some blue plants specifically, and is essentially making pills out of them and do, doing some experiments. And there's a couple of kids that are helping him who kind of like take them and uh, are. We see them in a sort of weird effect for like a brief moment, but he's essentially he goes out, uh, he puts them into some pills, and he tries to sell them as if they're drugs uh, at like a nightclub. And there's a couple, there's a couple of glimpses of our main characters in like a montage here. We see them sort of jogging in the morning, um, because well, again, there's a lot of ethereal montage going on throughout the film. So like, I can't stop and sort of explain every time that happens because it's a lot of the film, but. He's trying to sell these drugs. He's unsuccessful. He's a terrible drug dealer. <laughs> but so he ends up having to try and just essentially kidnap someone and force it on them. Uh, and that's how, you know, our, our main character of Chris, uh, she was trying to go to the bathroom. And um, I actually really like the way it kind of set this up where he's kind of awkwardly standing in the hallway with her. And it's like he's mm. almost about to do something. But then someone walks in and he kind of has to like just sort of act casual. And uh, there was a, I felt the awkward kind of like tension from him on the build-up of, like, doing this awful thing. Um, but it snap cuts to her uh, being unconscious and he's dragging her out in the rain and he puts on a, a gas mask or a breather onto her and, and it forces this uh, this bug, this larva, into her system. And she starts coughing up afterwards and she's like, she's fully awake again and she sort of, like, starts to walk away in fear but then kind of slows down. This larva has kind of put her into a a very suggestive uh, hypnotic state and that's kind of this 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 first portion of the film is the thief um basically saying very like specific things to her to well, number one is that he tells her that his face is made from the surface of the sun and that he can, she can't look at him uh so we never really look at him from that point on either and there's a wonderful effect in the light in here where they actually sort of like uh release more light onto her face as he says this, so as she turns mm -hmm. away, you can see like a like a brighter light hitting her face, as as if to almost suggest that that's really happening. But it's just to, it's just to kind of like show what she's perceiving, uh, because because he's told her this and she's now believing him, um, but he makes her like you know that this uh what was the book again ah oh, uh Walden Walden yeah she, he he wants her to read this this Walden book and sort of uh write it all down like sort of uh transcribe it all essentially um and he also does this thing with the, the water he's like oh this this drink of water will be the, the, the best thing you've ever drank he's, he's not letting her eat and says that you have to do this with the coins and you have to do this part with the book and every time you do another section you can take another drink of the water and it's the most refreshing thing you've ever had so she's straight up hypnotized and he does this for like a full day or two or whatever it is uh to break her down and then she's at the point and actually this is where i love the performance because he comes in with the phone and says okay you can stop doing that now uh and he's like oh there's, there's some bad people on the phone they've kidnapped your mother and they want you know they want you know they, they, they need money or they're, they're, they're going to hurt her or whatever and there's a lot of moment in her delivery here which i loved where she just sort of goes oh no and it's just, it's this perfect delivery of her, her being hypnotized and sort of mm -hmm. both underselling it because she's hypnotized and doesn't really understand but also like genuine concern um yeah i thought that was really good 
but basically this is all a ruse for her to like empty her bank accounts uh you know uh her mortgage uh her the rare coins she has hidden away all that stuff he just robs her of everything this, this is all this is it's just him robbing he's, he's just doing all this so she'll give up everything she owns to him um and then he just leaves he doesn't care like once once he's got emptied her bank accounts mm-hmm. and all the rest of it he just leaves and she gorges herself in the fridge she kind of regains who she is and notices that those bugs like crawling inside of her and that's where the movie kind of gets weird there's a lot of stuff in this section actually that i thought was really interesting from a visual perspective at one point before she's regained who she is she's she's sitting like just like with a spoon eating ice in front of a painting yeah like, in her like apartment a, like cereal yeah uh all this stuff mm-hmm. um i enjoyed every bit of this yeah, that's, this was wonderful. Like everything with her, kind of like hearing these suggestions, uh, the way he was describing stuff. Because at this point You're in the film, watching her destroy her life. Yeah, because yeah. at this point in the film, you, you like okay, this sounds like hypnosis and just like stuff to like get her to do certain things. But part of he's thinking, I don't know what this movie is. Some of this could be true. Maybe this is. Maybe he really is got the face of the sun. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how weird this movie's going to get. That's um, true. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I just assumed that it was some sort of parasitic effect of mm. having the bug inside her and, like, him just saying, yeah, we were just getting glimpses of what she was experiencing as and, best as I could. Like, the with, you know, the dimmer switch on the light going up when he mm. says he has the face of his son. Yeah. And, it's all very, very compelling, the whole scene, you know. Yeah, and it, it goes on for quite a while. It's very well directed, yeah. So the first 15 minutes or so. And then mm. once she kind of sees stuff crawling under her skin, she tries to cut cut them out with a knife, and she can't do it. And this is where the other sort of third-party characters introduced, the, the sampler, mm-hmm. which is great, as, And he kind of lures her to his little, like, tent in, like, uh, RV with uh, a speaker, which is emitting a specific sound, which presumably attracts anyone who's got this parasite in them. And we go through this process where he makes her drink certain stuff and you know and it feels it seems helpful at first right everything he's doing seems like he's doing this to save her and get rid of the parasite and he gives her a transfusion to a pig this pig takes the the parasite from her um mm-hmm. which is a very interesting visual again there's a lot of shots here that i really like like him driving back to his like farm with the pig in the back seat with just the light of the truck kind of like illuminating the scene i thought it was yeah, just a lot of really good little visuals uh sort of mixed in here mm-hmm. and of course you know i'm just describing things so far because so far there's just so much to like you know kind of explain because when we get to kind of what the movie's really going to be doing with all this stuff because oh i mean it's already weird right the fact that she's lured out by this noise to, to this guy who has a procedure because at this point i'm thinking wait in this world is this like common knowledge is he, is he going around helping people that have got this parasite what's going on like yeah but then once she actually wakes up uh, in her car and she has no memory of not only the like, the event of like all of her life been taken from her and the, the thief but even of the sampler even even of the the procedure to remove them she has no memory of it and right. she's confused she, i mean there's a great scene where she goes back to her house and she in fact there's two great scenes where she goes back to her house because the second time after she's woken up in the car and she's got her full, well she's got her memory back from before everything but she doesn't remember any of the the, the thief or the, the sampler uh, where she runs into her house, sees like some blood stains and like the just the you know the aftermath of everything that's been there, and she just runs to the phone and then runs out the house with the phone because she's scared to be in her house, and wants to call the police, but she can't remember anything, so she just doesn't do it. She she right. has nothing to tell them. 
that's wonderful. But then the other scene that's really good is before this, before she ends up in her car, having forgotten everything, is there's a sort of like a th- eth- ethereal scene when she's just come back from having it removed from her. And she's and this is one of these little moments where it makes more sense later, but she's walking through her house and there's like there's lots of random people just around. And it's like, you know, not paying attention to her, just with their backs to her, like all of around her house. Almost like they're ghosts. Almost, right? That's kind of what it feels like. Um but it does actually make sense later. <laughs> Believe it or not. There's actually context for this. Uh and this is this is this is as the pig is because again, there's all this if the music's playing as the pig is presented to the uh the, the, the pigsty uh and the and the farm as it meets up with other pigs. Uh spoiler alert. Uh, we're already in spoilers, but I'm just from later. All these people around her in the house are all the other pigs, uh, or more specifically, all of the other people who have had parasites in them that have been transfused to these pigs. Pigs. All these pigs are linked up with people who've had parasites. Yes, the movie's weird. I acknowledge this. Yep. <laughs> the movie's weird. All right, I'm not pretending otherwise. Hey, if you're trying to, you know, bring empathy to animals that are, you know, confined for their entire lives inside of a pen oh, and yeah. have their babies taken away. Like, I could be into that. This movie is so pro-vegan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it so is. Those pigs are cute. So is. But mm-hmm. from here, she discovers, she loses her job because she's just been missing for like a week. This is how long this has all lasted. Mm-hmm. And she then tries to buy groceries and can't because she's got no money in her bank account. And tries to argue that she never signed this money out. She never did any of this. But they have security camera footage of her being there, of her signing yeah. these things, and she just doesn't understand it. Uh, and we cut some time time later, and she's got a new job. She's cut her hair. She's living in the city, and this is where she meets Jeff, our main right. our main character. Who's played I just by want the to interrupt real quick. Sure. Yeah. Go on. The um because that first opening of the film, the the first paragraph that you just went through is very good. <laughs> And very compelling. But my one complaint is that the guy who plays the thief looks an awful lot like Jeff. So in my mind, like when we see Jeff now, I'm Mm. thinking, oh, that's the guy. (laughs) That's the guy who did all these horrible things to her. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the guy who played the thief wasn't even white. So I'm not not sure. Really? Yeah, he's not. He's like Hispanic. (laughs) I thought they looked alike. Uh... Because I was thinking, oh, that's the guy from Primer <laughs> when he shows up in there. <laughs> to, when he shows up to try to sell the drugs. I mean, to be fair, he, I mean, I, I mean, he's yeah. got a Spanish name, but that doesn't mean he's, you know. No, he does. He's, he does. He's not yeah. white. He did. No, he did. He, he didn't look white. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, you don't see a whole lot of him, admittedly. So I don't really necessarily blame you for forgetting what he looks like, because after the, the whole drug selling attempt. He, he, after that we point, not see the primer guy like at all before we see him once jogging towards the start of the movie there's like a sort of, he's in like a montage at the start when they're both jogging and it cuts between them hard for me to even see because you see because you see the thief again at the end of the movie what did you think yeah. it was at that point you know i was so checked out of this film <laughs> at the end Fair, okay. I'm just like, who's this guy now? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I mean, t- I realized it before we started talking that they were not the same character. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to rethink this. But it's 
it's still like <laughs> I don't know. They looked a lot alike. They looked enough alike to me that uh, it, it threw me off. Like I, I, maybe I was just I was trying to recollect the people from Primer, and I thought the guy who plays the thief looked enough like that guy to where I just went, oh, same guy. <laughs> um, a fair, I guess. I. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I never had that. Yeah, he doesn't that, look that, that much different from from our main guy. Uh, I don't have them in front of me, but I, I was never confused by them. Okay, well, sorry, Tiago. I'm sure I'm sure Tiago will uh, accept your apology and not hold a grudge. He <laughs> uh, seems like a stand-up guy. I mean, his character isn't. Yeah. His character is a thief who drugs people and robs them of everything that they've ever had but mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so yeah you uh, mostly just hear him the whole time you don't really see him yeah. other than in the very beginning when he's selling drugs yeah I, I, once he's drugged her it then shifts to not really seeing his face uh the most you see of him after that point is that when, when, when he takes her to the bank to sign out the money it does cut to him kind of in the back seat but he's got his head kind of down uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, he wants to not be caught on camera, or like, because he, he gets up to like park a block away, blah blah blah. Um, so that's the first portion of the movie. And then, then we sort of jump ahead, and we're introduced to Jeff, and Jeff and Chris just kind of meet on the the, the train while they're commuting, and they have like the weirdest like they, they do kind of have chemistry, but it's kind of the weirdest non romantic like romantic kickoff like I've ever yeah. seen, where. They're both. They both seem so miserable around each other, but they're both kind of like, uh, like you know, she's essentially giving him her number at one point, and is sort of saying, "Oh, this is for work because I work for a printing company now," and he's like, "Well, I don't really want to get anything printed, but I'm going to call you." She's like, "Okay, all right, we understand each other, okay," <laughs> and then she kind of ignores his calls for a bit, and then when he runs into her again in the train, he's like, "I'm going to keep calling you. Please answer. Please answer the call," uh, and I'm like. Borderline stalkery at this point, admittedly, but <laughs> um, but then she does, and it's kind of this this weird, like reluctant. But there is this kind of attraction, uh, which actually comes from the fact that the pigs that they're now connected to, that they gave transfusion to, because this is the, what I mean, it's it's kind of like hinted at and revealed throughout the film that he's also went through this. That there's something in his backstory which he doesn't, because much like her, he doesn't remember what happened to him. Uh, in his case, there's an assumption that he was doing drugs and. That that's why he did this bad thing he did where he, he transferred a bunch of money and tried to give it to himself. But what he actually was doing, of course, was he was doing that for the thief who was right. controlling him. Uh, but basically, the, the two pigs uh, had already had sex. And that gave like the humans, Chris and Jeff, this attraction to each other because they're connected to these two pigs who have... I mean, do pigs fall in love? I, I mean... <laughs> this movie seems to apply so. I... Uh, sure. They're yeah. sentient beings. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they love belly rubs. I know that. That is insight that you just can't can't expect from someone. So, how is he for the 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 belly rub pig insights? I, mm. I you know, I, uh, so that's part of the film. It actually introduces the it, it cuts to the sampler and kind of introduces one of the big main mechanics of the film is that the sampler, the reason why he's called the sampler is because he records sounds, uh, you know, samples, and he makes music out of them. And we get, like, a montage of him making sounds uh, 
in various locations like he drops like rocks down like a metal tubing and he sort of records it and he sort of speeds it up and ups the pitch lowers the pitch and we get all these weird sounds coming out of it and he you know does a few different things like that. you know he has like bricks fall down at one point and he gets like the sound of that and blah blah, blah. um yep for more information you should check out the movie blowout brian de palma <laughs> that's a good movie I, I will vote for for that movie <laughs> and he goes back to his, his pig farm and when he goes into the, the you know the pig sty he 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 walks around with his hands out oh, almost like do you think of bruce willis and unbreakable when he's got his hands out it's kind of like that i was thinking gladiator oh sure yeah with the, the field yeah yeah uh, I, I can almost hear the uh no we are free music playing in my head as <laughs> he's walking through the, the pigs but he basically starts like all these pigs obviously have been connected to a human being where the, the human beings had a parasite and he's mm-hmm. that this transfusion and the pigs are connected to them and as he sort of touches or goes near specific pigs we see like various scenes of him essentially being there as like a, a an observer in the lives of whoever this pig's connected to so we see him you know go to a random guy in a car and it's like he's sitting in the passenger seat he's behind this woman who's window shopping and he's you know he's it's like he can just go in and it was kind of like okay so he not only does he sample sounds for music he is also sampling people in the sense that he has them all in these pigs and tara hates that sense she hates that i've <laughs> that i've said that <laughs> it's it's not something that i jump to like i assume like okay all these people that they're showing are also like had the same parasite and are now in pigs but uh, I didn't really get the sense that he had a connection to the people in any other way than that. Like he could somehow sense the people and what they're doing. Yeah, he was he was kind of going into their lives and uh, witnessing them. Uh, you know, he could feel and sense what they're by, going through by watching the pigs. Like he can actually see what's happening, or I mean, is it's, it like a telekinesis thing? It's kind or of telekinesis. About to- it's kind of up to you how literal he sees these things or if is he just feeling it like an empath like it's kind of i mean i think it's open to how what extent it is but the the film clearly represents him standing in the scenes with the people like that's what we see as an observer yeah he's actually literally observing in the in the visuals of the film uh so what does he represent like a puppet master or like um an artist <laughs> well think of it less of what he represents so that's maybe a valid line of thinking to go down I, I wasn't necessarily thinking of it in those terms it's more about what he is plot wise for the movie so he's this character who's playing god right and he's kind of exploiting the people in a different way to the thief because I, I don't think the thief and the sampler uh, are aware of each other or at least on any level where they're working together or one's doing this so the other one can benefit from it later I don't think there's any connection between them I think they're completely separate entities that are just at different parts of this this parasite's uh life cycle because because we see later on of course that it eventually goes back into flowers which is clue where yeah. it's going back again to whoever's selling the flowers which leads back to the thief there's a cycle to this um but the movie's about free will the movie's about free will and escaping or, or achieving free will and tara's rolling her eyes out because <laughs> she's not buying <laughs> this at all that's what the third act is. It's them achieving their free will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> free will from their pig life. Got it. <laughs> is it not about like a return back to nature? Because that's what like the the Walden Pond is about. Or the Walden 
book that they read about. Um, it's about like an idyllic farmhouse and home and like just constant descriptions of nature and beauty. Like, I mean, I've not read it, so I can't really relate like what the book is to the to the movie with any great you know sense. So I I can't I can't comment on that. But I mean, the movie is definitely about them regaining their free will by the end. Um, you know, they fight back. They take they regain their. Th- I mean, I'm jumping ahead here. I'll have to explain this properly. But like, so are they? Uh, are they still being controlled? So long as they're pigs. By this guy playing pig god, they're not being controlled so much, but they're being manipulated and exploited. Like he's he's kind of because you see it later on. There's there's a there's a section of the film later on where he's there's like a man whose wife has been taken to the hospital, uh, and there's a scene where he not only observes the events of what's happened with this guy and his wife because the wife's been taken to the hospital, he seems to also see into what the guy's thinking the entire time because the guy's in the hospital. And he's like replaying the morning in his head because they have this fight when he's on his way out the door, and it's the same conversation over and over again. But every time it's a little bit different, and it feels like this is yeah, the guy. I, I couldn't tell if that was if they were trying to do the same conversation over again from the same morning, or if it was like we have this conversation every morning. Nah, I think it was the same morning because I I, I only got the vibe that it was like he was replaying this over and over because he felt guilty that he's, he's that you know, what happened to his wife led her here to the hospital. So... Okay. <laughs> you sound so judgmental. <laughs> I'm allowed to be. <laughs> Alright, okay, fine. This movie deserves... I mean, it, it's reaching... It's reaching for the stars. <laughs> yes, but you're not being judgmental on the movie, you've been judgmental on my analysis of the movie. <laughs> well, yeah. Also that. <laughs> you're like oh you're such an idiot for believing this boo, boo, boo. no i'm not saying that i'm not saying that it's just one of the biggest burns that i've ever experienced was the matrix reloaded <laughs> and the architect scene hey we'll do and that someday that, we'll do and that. When that that scene ended and i walked out the theater and went i think that was just a bunch of bs <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the a... movie no and i agree it was like no you just don't get it there's been other neos he's the sixth one or like yeah i heard that part but what about all the rest of the 15 minutes of just whoa garbage i'd be mad that you spelled the end of the matrix reloaded but no one cares so <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about the end of the matrix reloaded um, I mean, yeah, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> it's the Matrix Reloaded. No one cares. Yeah. So we're in the spoiler section, so fair game. For this movie, not every movie ever made. How many times do I have to say it? Damn it! <laughs> oh dear. So where was I? Yes. Uh, so that's middle portion because the movie does kind of break down neatly into three chunks. Because we did the, the first chunk, which is the the thief and all that stuff, and the middle chunk int- introduces the sampler. And essentially what I think he's doing, right? Again, this is kind of a bit of interpretation. But I feel like in order to make his music, he's not just sampling, like, sounds, right? He's sampling... <laughs> I can feel the judgment in Tara's eyes. Not souls, that's not fair. But like he's, he's he's basically taking from the emotions. Because like, you, know like, you know how art is like, you know, it's, it's all like, you know, a musician writes a song because they're sad, or a painter 
paint something because they're inspired by the love of their life or, or something, right? It's all based on feelings and emotion and what we care about. It's almost like he has none pigs of his... are his muse. Well, the people are his muse, not the pigs. <laughs> the people pig. You know what I meant. The, the pigs are just the conduit to the people. The pigs are the uh, the 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 string with the two cans in the end. He's just listening. He's listening in. No. Okay, I I get the visual. Okay. But not the movie. Just know every time you give me the silent look, the audio listeners are going, "Oh my god, is my podcast not working?" <laughs> just keep going. Think of the listeners. <laughs> Won't someone think? I of the always listeners? think of them. <laughs> So, I, I think what he's doing is he's exploiting other people's feelings and emotion, perhaps because he doesn't have his own, uh, but he's also trying to influence it because as the film goes on, Chris and Jeff start to hear things, or Chris specifically starts to hear noises, and it's the noises that we've heard him kind of make with the various, you know, foley sounds that he does. And it's like he's trying to manipulate them, and, you know, their lives are clearly influenced by the lives of these pigs and this feeling of being trapped and the romance between these pigs because that's what's brought them together and it affects everything when the pigs have piglets and they're taken away both of them inexplicably freak out and have these moments where he gets into a fight she she ends up getting lost in his place of work randomly this was the part of the movie that was the most confusing because it was like why is she there all of a sudden like i was really kind of getting lost but mm-hmm. the gist of what it's doing i think is that the rush of emotion of these pigs being scared because their piglets have been taken away obviously ties into her thinking she's pregnant. In fact, even the fact that she thinks she's pregnant is probably because the pig, you know, her corresponding pig is pregnant. Um, and then she's told she can't have kids. You know, whatever's happened to her with this parasite, it, like, it's not happening. It's never going to happen. And I, I, Endometrial I, cancer. But she survives. That was the phrase, yes. Yeah, she's already survived. That was the thing. It's like, you know, whatever the, 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 the sampler did to her to like take the parasite out seemed to fix it, I guess. Uh, but, you know, like all this is going on and it, they're clearly experiencing whatever the pigs are going through. It's not just the pigs experiencing what they're going through. They're actually being more influenced by that end than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and during the course of this, you know, they get married. They, they get a house together. Um... You know, they have all these kind of little beach where they have to get, you know, she says we have to get a car and, like, you know, look for something. And they can't find anything. Like, you know, they find a bridge at one point and, like, oh, does this remind you of anything? Like, does this give you a direction, like, a sense of where to go? And they have nothing. They're clearly searching for the answers to why they feel the way they do. But they have no way of getting there. And it's not until later in the film, the third act kind of becomes, like, her actually starting to, like, have her memories triggered. uh, Because, you know, she, she starts, like, you know, just the book the you know the walden book she just starts speaking it um and he starts remembering yeah. it almost triggers memories in him as well because she keeps saying the lines it's while she's swimming she swims maybe some association with the water and uh while she was writing the the walden book she also yeah. was stacking like chips from a board game and it, then or from checkers yeah and, and, th- and she's grabbing like rocks from under the pool and stacking those in a way so maybe things are just uh, it was association like a, it was a two-sided thing because there was that side of it which i also agree with but there was also the fact that during this time uh this was when the, the, the piglets which the sampler didn't need he like put mm-hmm. them in a sack and threw them off a bridge into the water uh there was even one moment where it kind of like transitioned from the water uh to like her in the pool 
So mm-hmm. I think there was kind of like a it was like a two sided like correlation. So she's the the baby pig salsa. No, not so much that. But I think it was like I don't know. Not not that not that her pig would know what happened to her piglets, but like like I, but the, the, I think the movie was trying to make some sort of like connection. Like water was definitely like a running theme that it wanted. I mean, the movie is called Upstream Color, so I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's an important part. Uh, because literally the color from the, the the color comes out of the pigs which have the parasite and it goes to the flowers which makes them blue yeah the orchids hence, hence upstream color uh, so <laughs> Tara hates this movie so much I don't hate it you, you I just do. don't like it you do well, yeah but I'll put it this way like the conversations tend to have a specific flow and the conversation here is so different like I don't know what to add. Like, I mean, you're again, you're you're reading the plot, and like, yeah, I watched that film, but it nothing like. I don't know what to add to it because I don't know how they link up to something more important or something. Um, I don't know, like nuanced. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, uh, that's that's the scene I watched. I mean, I don't necessarily have an answer for you what it links up with for more nuance beyond just some broad strokes. But uh, I mean, we'll get through the rest of the, like the third act and like, sort of talk about that a little bit. But anyway, so so when they're when the whole pig things happen, when the piglets are being killed, uh, like they they get so freaked out that they I mean, the poster of the movie is them hiding in the bathtub, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where this happens in the movies. They're hiding in the bathtub because they're just so both like scared and confused and don't know what's going on, and they have to figure this out. But, they, they've like stashed away like their supplies, like survival supplies yeah. too, in the bathroom with them. Like they're scared someone's going to come and take everything they have, which actually kind of makes sense. Even if you take out all the weird stuff, the idea that someone did this to them before, even if they don't remember it, like someone mm-hmm. did do it. Someone did come and take all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so it's uh, it, like I dare I say. <laughs> I'm going to try and analyze this a little bit here, and uh, I feel like I'm going to get some daggers from from Tara in a second. But maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot too. Right. So both characters lose their jobs, right, because of what happens to them. And I'll, you know, even though it's not really the focus of the movie, but both of them talk a lot about, like, she's lucky to have her new job. It's really important to her. She keeps it. Uh, he, of course, lost his job and he gets paid like cash because that the company can't acknowledge that it works for them because he's too sketchy because of what happened with the, the with the laundering. And I feel like they're both victimized by this thief. And then the person who, at first glance, seems to be saving them is then just exploiting them in a different way. I, I do wonder if there's maybe like a, like a big business sort of company kind of metaphor there about how... Oh, you know, you'll be good in life if you work for a big company. If you you go and work for, but really they just control your life, and you're just yeah. you're just in a cage of another kind. You're just uh, at the mercy of someone else. I mean, maybe maybe that's what that's what this allegory started off as, but <laughs> it, it sort of goes. I don't know. It's a bit incoherent, if you ask me. But it's. It, it, if anything, I think it's closer to animal exploitation since they are directly using pigs, a domesticated farm animal, livestock animal, mm-hmm. uh, who are like, who you could say like, are born into 
uh, a system that they have no idea they're a part of and are exploited for for resources and uh, people that they feel they trust uh, betray them take away everything they do take away the babies and yeah that's nice man that who comes to, comes to feed them every day like oh we can trust mm-hmm. him he feeds us i oh, know wait my babies you know <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> sums up their life yeah yeah okay I just, I that's know. all i got there, there, there was <laughs> it was just talking about it there there's so much imagery of them being escorted from their jobs it happens twice it happens with her when she loses her job in the first place uh, when he's kind of mm-hmm. let go from his job right around the time the piglets are being killed, that's when he gets into the fight. But it was a very similar kind of moment of them being escorted out. Um, and even even the visual of him like tossing the box of papers off the, the balcony and it landing in the, uh, the, the foyer of the building was very kind of like a similar visual. I mean, not exactly, but of the pigs being tossed off the bridge. Like there was definitely a kind of like, almost like he felt, you know, something like that was happening to do it yeah yeah okay uh. <laughs> see it's impossible to have a conversation when the mere suggestion of what's going on you just go yeah right okay yeah that's that's what's happening it's it's incoherent this plot is <laughs> so like i'm sure it it started off with good intentions i'm sure shane Kaluth or Karuth is uh, felt a little bit like up against the wall as to after a primer like how do I you know primer was a sort of a cult hit and for such a low budget film and people were expecting a lot of him for his next one and he made this this experimental art film that <laughs> is it, like I think just I think he reached too high. I think he was reaching too high. And Wait, let, it, let, let it comes us... off as really, I don't know. Let, let us go through the last act before we try and, you know, right. sum up our right. analysis, all right? That, so basically, now with the, the hint of where to go, because because uh, there's a moment where she's in the water when she's been, like, reciting the the book where she, like, sees, like, a, you know, some coral or whatever, some flowers, and it's like this again it's not literally there but she's kind of like sensing it because there's actually hints throughout the film that they can also kind of sense the the pig farm uh not not knowingly but there's a moment the first time they have sex in the morning after when they're lying in bed it mm-hmm. kind of cuts to like them lying like on the sheet but they're inside the pig farm and there's pigs everywhere which i i, I can only imagine was a blast to film that scene yeah <laughs> i was thinking there. about that too yeah um <laughs> they're just but, basically laying in mud <laughs> but then Dude. you know so so this time they go they go again in the car and they go looking but this time she actually has a sense of where to go she's just hearing the the noise of the electricity pole where the, the sampler works she's hearing these things and they get like the name of his company off his mailbox so they go and buy the cds and they like they listen to the music and it kind of like connects them to like stuff they've experienced already and it kind of gives them in fact one of my favorite moments in the film is they kind of lure him into a trap. And this is, this is all happening in silence. Like Once we get to this point in the movie, there's no dialogue of any kind. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a point where he's sitting down, uh, uh, Jeff, that is, is, sitting down to eat. And he's like, it's like they're just pretending they're at his workplace, but they're not. They're actually somewhere else. And the sampler comes in, 
and the sampler seemingly has not really been able to like like look at them and it, because i think the implication earlier on is when he, when he gets rid of the piglets part of the reason why he does that is because he has been he's been having trouble connecting to the the you know the, the jeff and the the chris pigs uh maybe because they're, they're, they've been like connected they're like united right maybe that gives them like some sort of barrier um maybe <laughs> tara hates everything i'm saying right now i can see it in her <laughs> eyes but let me finish just let me finish right uh okay. so and that's why he's so determined to kill the piglets to try and like break that bond so he finally gets in and he, he comes in and he sees you know jeff sitting there and he sits down next to him and then in comes chris and she sits down next to jeff did you not enjoy the moment where she looks right at him? Where she looks at the sampler in the eye to let, let him know that she can see him? No. No, I, I, I really like that moment. I didn't know what was happening. I was, I was into part. it. Like, I seriously, I, the, the editing and the constant cutting, I was just like, okay, so are they on the farm? Are they at this office? Is he having a heart attack? Is she shooting him? <laughs> like, I don't know what was happening. Well, no, well, that's just kind of the point, though. It's meant to be kind of like you're not really sure what exactly is happening until it comes together at the end. Like, it's pretty clear she has shot him. Like, and I like how it reveals it because we see him inside this sort of like fake world. Like, he sort of clutches his, his chest and like sort of sits down. And then it cuts to the real world and she's on the farm and she shot him. But he's done that before she pulls the trigger because we see her shoot him. Well, she's already pulled the trigger at least once. But that's, that's the point. I missed it. You didn't miss anything. You don't see the first the first gunshot. Yeah, you... but it, for me, I wasn't like, oh, he's she's shot him. Well, no, that's the, 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 that's the point is you don't know it until it cuts to her on the farm and you realize but what I she's just done. But I didn't know it done. after either. Well, I can't explain <laughs> that part. I but the, the movie clearly told me that, right? It, it told me by showing the oh, way. Clearly, right. Well, no, because you have <laughs> nothing the... in this movie is clear. I thought this was pretty clear because it cuts to the farm and it's like she's holding a gun and you're like, oh, she shot him. That's why he clutched his chest. No. What do you mean? Was, no. It, the, the editing is so mismatched and it's it's too much editing. Like there, there's there's too much going on. And you're right. It is like a silent film this entire time. So like, I don't need to well, have can, can I, can I just Can I just say, I, I just disagree here. I just disagree with this point because- well, obviously. <laughs> Well, no, but I I feel like I need to say that though because you just say no as if I'm wrong, and I'm like, no, I I disagree with this. I, I'm not. I guess I'm. Well, all I'm saying is that I'm not yielding. Okay, you can make your point, but I'm not yielding. Damn it. I know. Okay, just so we're clear, there's no yielding happening. Got it. There is yeah. no yielding. There will be no yielding of any kind. Mark my words. I think the the editing <laughs> is just they were too spliced ha happy with the editing here. Like it was, there's was just too much going on, and it it like. It just made it so that it was incomprehensible <laughs> what was happening here. I, 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 but, no, by this time of the film, <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. This is the thing, and, though, as I like the middle, I like the, the back chunk of the film way more than the middle. I love the build up to this moment because as they were listening to the music and they were starting to sense things, it was like they were kind of like reverse engineering what he does. And they were kind of like, like, that's how they were becoming more self aware is because they were starting to like sort of like get, establish the connection from their end and the excitement I'm, I'm of realizing that something out of this and the excitement and the excitement of realizing that is what made it so enthralling so i really like the end of the movie so uh, i i, I can this is this is probably why we have such differing opinions but for me like all of it kind of fell into place for the most part at the end where i understood what was happening 
and it all clicked together and that felt exciting no i, I missed it like... <laughs> this movie lost me like somewhere in the middle and it never got me back like honestly and, and maybe i just kind of accepted that it never would and therefore i wasn't open enough to it but i was staring at the screen wanting to connect to something and no, i I would never say it lost me in the middle. I will agree the middle slows down a bit, though. It does. It when it gets to their their courtship, it does feel like it's a little bit plodding. You know, it's, it's not as exciting as the opening. It's not as exciting as the ending. Um, but it's yeah, go I, on. I, I don't know, and I I just felt it was. I I felt very alienated by the film, like I, the film was telling me that I wasn't good enough for it. And I got that from Primer also, but I understood why. It's physics, and I'm just not at that level. But here? <laughs> here's just being an asshole. Okay. Look, I, I am, like, I, I said this between parts, right? And Tara will probably be delighted. I'll admit that it's a little pretentious, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that it isn't going for that, okay? It is. It totally is. Um, But... I don't. I think there is like so someone much smarter than me can sit down and try and like analyze exactly what this story represents in terms of trying to like tie it into the real world. But I'm not. I'm not so sure for the enjoyment of the film you actually need to. I guess is where I disagree with Tara here because I don't necessarily feel I need to kind of say okay why is it this but i because by the end of the movie I, I understood the cycle of the parasite i understood that the characters were gaining their free will by like you know killing the 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 the, the sampler although it did occur to me afterwards actually that do you, do you think that she's aware that this isn't the thief does she does she think the sampler is the person who like took everything from her because he didn't that wasn't him because she doesn't even know this no the i thief did not exists. think that um at all it never crossed my mind once actually well yeah because everything she's <laughs> she's connecting to from the sounds and like the, the memories it's, it's all it's all coming from the sampler and what he's kind of like sending their way uh through this connection um the thief actually because we cut to the thief at the end basically because the cycle's broken and there's no mm -hmm. more piglets going into the river uh there's no more flowers blooming with this well they they bloom they just don't bloom with the blue color well, that's, that's what I mean. Like, the flowers are literally blooming, but I mean, they're not, they're not blooming with the the parasite. Um, so there's no cycle anymore. He can't he, he, he can't hypnotize people the way he was and steal from them. So uh, so that's a really big positive that they've, they've solved without really realizing it. Oh, well, mm -hmm. it's not so much they don't realize it, they just don't realize that there was another person doing it. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they find the, the pigs and they basically find all this guy's like documentation for all the pigs and actually send out evidence to all these other people who are connected to these pigs. And they all get together as a community and like give the pigs a better home and give them a better life. And the end of the movie, the last shot of the movie, I shit you not, and this is kind of weird, is the, the pigs, uh, Chris and Jeff's pigs have more piglets. And the final shot of the movie is Chris holding a baby piglet. <laughs> lovingly, like it's her child. And then yeah. it, that's the end of the movie. It fades to black. <laughs> um it's <laughs> that that whole surrogate motherhood thing is a, is a little bit weird and i don't know if i necessarily have the have the the experience the to 
to tackle it. I wasn't going to say ovaries, no. Uh... <laughs> oh, okay, you do a job there. If it's just you've got ovaries, you, you tackle it. Well, I think it's easy for people to um, empathize with a baby animal <laughs> like they would sure. make their baby. I mean, I do it with my animals. It's not like unusual. I'm sure you do it also. Oh, yeah. But every I, I, I time I think one of them's hurt, I yell out, my babies! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I talk to my, my, my dog and my kitty cat like I would a baby human <laughs> all the time. And I know it's, I know they don't understand at least 90% of what I'm saying, but they understand little bits of it to where they react appropriately. And <laughs> it allows me to keep the communication going. My cats, yeah, yeah. alternatively, clearly understand most of what I'm saying and choose to not react at all, despite me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're cats. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have played with that little piglet the same way that she was. Mm. Just because I love little baby animals. Yeah, but there's more to it than this. This is like her surrogate daughter. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is my baby. <laughs> like, mo- more so than we would with our pets. This is a, a deeper connection in a bizarre way. Mm-hmm. Um... It is a cute pig, though. You know, I mean, maybe you, you you read into this at the end, like this idea of, like, basically revealing to everyone who's actually, I don't know, a prisoner, that you know what their life is, and giving them the the the, the empowerment to to sort of break free of that. Um, that's something. About free will, right? It's about free will. That's literally what they do at the end: is they take their free will back. And you say it in such a judgmental way. Yep. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'm going to criticize Tara here because Tara does have this thing where if she does not agree with the analysis of like a like a point in a story, you know, in a movie, um, <laughs> if, if she if if she deems it to be something that wasn't intended by the creators, she'll poo poo it and say that wasn't intentional, go away, and just not entertain the idea. That is not true. You still do. We we have had many a conversation off podcast where you have just went. They didn't intend that. That wasn't. Well, a yeah, thing. I I do agree with that, but that doesn't mean that you can't translate it any way you want. I don't need. I look. I don't mind if uh, if something isn't spelled out to me. Things are open to interpretation. I mm-hmm. think that can be a fun challenge, and I think movies should be praised when they do it right. I don't think this does it right. And I don't think it should be praised for it being just a confusing, incomprehensible nonsense of editing. I don't think it's that incomprehensible by the time you get to the end, though. It's it's not. I no. I, I disagree. It's, I disagree with that. I, I, that. That is something I do disagree with because I think it's definitely intentionally confusing as you're watching it up to a point. But I feel like by the end you have kind of a sense of a lot of what it was doing. Not enough. <laughs> I mean, I certainly did not. And maybe I'm not sophisticated enough to be able to handle an art house film like this. Uh-oh. But you, but you understood. You had the gist of the plot, though. You got you got what they were doing there. and like... Yeah, but the end of the film, I was lost. I mean, I, I understood the part with the pigs. Sure. Like, <laughs> but the part with the stampler, like, his whole, his whole purpose and reason for being there, like... I don't know. I, mean, I, re- I still re- don't know. Reasoning for being there is a whole other conversation, but I, I just thought it was interesting. I liked his whole shtick. I, 
I was fascinated as we, as it was being introduced. The fact one of my favorite sequences in the film is him taking his samples and then sort of the reveal of what he can do with the pigs, which is a really good sentence out of context. But yeah, and uh, even in the context of the film, <laughs> like I, I thought that stuff was fascinating. See, as it was cutting around with him, and he was like next to all these people who who'd because at this point i wasn't necessarily seeing him as a villain per se i i actually thought this was still like he was taking care of all these pigs that uh through no fault of their own were connected to these people and just had mm-hmm. to be taken care of care of it wasn't until obviously by the time he was throwing piglets off the bridge that i was like okay he's not so nice <laughs> he's, he's a little bit right. less caring uh than that and you know he's, he's kind of playing god essentially uh to, to his heart's content uh he's manipulating people's emotions for his own uh, maybe not entertainment, but for his own benefit. Um, so does he represent the one percent? <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but I mean, <laughs> is this is this an allegory? Like, if he's playing God, he's the the puppet master, the one that's willing all these people. Is he an allegory for God? Is he an allegory for the? I don't know, invisible hand. Is he an allegory for the, I don't know, corporations or what is he? Let's analyze it from both perspectives then. Okay, option A, he just straight up represents God, right? The characters in this movie decide not to follow his plan and they break free from it and say that we do not just subscribe to what you intend for us and we have free will, right? That's if he represents God. If he represents corporations or the one percent or whatever way you want to phrase it, then and maybe that lines up with the idea of like him and the thief being different things, where the thief just takes, whereas the sampler, uh, like, sort of makes money. No, I don't know if he makes money. Well, I mean, the, the actual money is irrelevant. More just that he, he kind of like just takes parts, uh, and sort of like almost under the pretense that he's not doing anything wrong, um, uh, but ultimately all of it's for his gain, uh. You know, it. All right, I, I guess we're going to wrap up because Tara clearly does not want to talk about this at all. I, uh, I mean, I'm thinking about it, <laughs> but my mind is has not been changed. I, I think, it's, at the very least, it should be an interesting uh, series of talking points. Um, but you just want to poo it, so I'll I'll just uh. I'm okay. sure a lot of critics are on your side. I guess I'll accept. Well, I don't think it's perfect, though. I, I agree it's a bit pretentious. I agree that maybe it's kind of... Overreaching. Like, well, yeah, but that's not what I was going to say. I was uh, More so that it kind of exists to be what it is rather than because it's got something to really say. Um, you know, it's just like it's almost like he wanted to do his ethereal art house, to- uh, you know, tone poem of a movie. And what's in it exists to create that feeling, but doesn't necessarily have some greater thing to say beyond that, which is maybe what you're okay. complaining about when you say that it doesn't have, like, you know, you keep saying, why is this this and why is this that? Because that's what the story of the movie is. <laughs> but it's not like an exploration of, like, hum- like humanity to me or anything. You know, like, like, like the way um, Under the Skin was or something, or, like... Or even like the 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 end of two thousand one, where it, it it's just a bunch of special effects and it, it's not really telling you what's well, happening. You're just sort of like interpreting what you right, what you me, want let, from it. Let me post something right. So one of the things we didn't mention is that halfway through the movie, 
when they're talking about their childhoods, they start to get confused and they're mixing yeah. up their own childhoods where they they both claim to have like this story with the this, same memories. This kid yeah. try to drown them in a pool. They they both claim that that's their childhood story, and they're getting angry at each other because they're both like, "No, that's my story. No, that's my story." Um, like, so what if through the manipulation from them just to sort of serve the purpose they're supposed to serve, uh, this idea of like is all kind of blowing together because we're not like individual people or something. Like that. You know, there's something there to go with that that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. I thought maybe that was just some type of like side effect of the parasite uh, because they're all connected to that same type of parasite. Well, hold on. You're, just, you're jumping between complaints here because, on the one hand, you want to know what the what the meaning of the, the story is, and then on the other hand, I'm saying I don't think that's it. I think you're reaching. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me finish. You're, on the one hand, you're complaining that you don't you don't know what the the point of the story is and what it actually means in the the, the real sense of the world, right? And what it means for humans and whatever it's trying to say about things. But then mm-hmm. when I bring up that and say, okay, that's ponder that. Your complaint is your your assumption is like, well, I thought that was a side effect of the thing. So you're talking about it in terms of the plot. You're not talking about okay. the sa- you're not talking about in the same sense that we're talking about the other things you're complaining about. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that you are reaching for a connection here that isn't there. How am I reaching? I'm posing a question just for, for for the sake of talking about it. Yeah, and I'm saying I don't think that's what it's saying at all. What's the what's saying what? I, I, what did I even I say? I don't know. This whole movie is that that that. That's like on the poster in my in no, my. But, code, no, but you're saying I'm reaching poster. for something. I what is this about? No, but you said I'm reaching. Tara, you're saying I'm reaching for something. I never actually said anything. I, I just posed like, "What well, if this is doing something?" And you just said, "No, you're reaching for something." I'm not reaching for anything. I posed it. I asked you the question. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Movie really sucks. I don't recommend it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Olson of the Los Angeles Times wrote, with its densely layered thematic rich storytelling, Upstream Color is in part about the mutual psychosis that could be a central part of romance, the agreement of shared madness, its intense and hypnotically powerful, and a more intimate and moving film than Primer. <laughs> it's more emotional than That's Primer. That's all garbage. <laughs> I don't. No, it is more intimate and emotional than Primer. It's way more about the characters than Primer was. Primer was not about characters, not really. This is way I more mean, about the characters. Prim- Primer had characters like had two different types of characters that you were following, and one of them like, and and their like descent into I don't want to say madness, but their their addiction to the power that they have and how they those two types of personalities dealt with it. But this is. I mean, there's a relationship in this movie, so yeah, there's going to be some emotion there. Uh, We see somebody like who seems likable go through a horrible event in the beginning, and uh, yeah, that's emotional. But that's about it. No, but it's all based upon your sympathies for them and her specifically. Uh, Primer's not about sympathizing with the characters, not really. Primer's about a concept, and the characters serve the purpose in the concept. Here, okay, densely layered, thematic, rich storytelling. Okay, Olsen of the LA Times. <laughs> Don't... There's no point of talking about this. You'd I think a... this, these are just people who just... Uh, You're going to make fun of 
you've decided how much you hate this in your head already and anything i try and do you're just going to make fun of it so there's no point we're well, done I, okay no. <laughs> give me one more thing i promise just... i won't make fun of it i'll 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 take it very seriously <laughs> give me one i don't know if i've got any more <laughs> yeah what a surprise no, you've <laughs> shot down everything. Well, there's nothing left. You sh- you shot down every single thematic point that we could properly talk about. Is there is there anything that you think I didn't give a fair chance to, and you want me to to go at it without any salt? <laughs> salt free. This is salt free review section. <laughs> oh, finally, just an hour and fifteen minutes out of the review. We're finally at the go salt ahead. free section. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting sorry. Um, look, just just to kind of summarize here, right? I I think the characters. I I find myself sympathizing with her. I feel like the tone of the film is very engrossing. It's very ethereal. I get drawn in, and I enjoy actually trying to piece together what's going on. I enjoy trying to understand it. Uh, I feel like there was a rush towards the end, as it kind of like as I realized what they were doing as they were listening to the music, where they're kind of backtracking the process see I, the salt in your eyes i can see it right now <laughs> the salt in your eyes there's 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 uh... a <laughs> i am doing nothing right it's not like this is not the best example of a movie like this that i have seen you you mentioned under the skin which is is a is a phenomenal film i agree right um there's other you know like if you compared this to see like a david lynch movie david lynch Nine times out of ten is doing way better than this. Yeah, he's like the master of this right. atmosphere and tone. <laughs> crazy. Batshit crazy experiments in his yeah, films. But you don't really like David Lynch, <laughs> though, do you? I mean, I like Dune. Dune is not an example of a David Lynch movie. David Lynch's name's on it. It's not a David Lynch movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only one I can think of right now. <laughs> Did he do Mulholland Drive? He did do Mulholland Drive. Yeah, I like that movie. Okay, okay. Uh, what's the point of Mulholland Drive? Oh, uh, I don't remember. I haven't seen okay. it forever. I was going to try and <laughs> I make remember a point. I liked it. I was going to try and make a point, but <laughs> you don't remember it well enough to make the point, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been ages. Uh, um, I just, I feel like you you have. Taking a disliking to this, uh, you say you don't want to say you hate it, but you clearly do. <laughs> you you clearly despise this film, and I think it's very commendable in a lot of what it tries to do. I don't think it's completely void of cynicism because I do think it doesn't achieve everything it wants to do spectacularly. And I think much like Primer, it's intentionally a bit more obtuse than it maybe needs to be, um, particularly. Mm-hmm exactly with what it's trying to say i i agree it's not, it's not completely there but if i'm engrossed during the film of itself if i if i am enjoying piecing the puzzle together if i'm sympathetic to the characters um my biggest complaint is probably that the middle of the, of the pacing kind of feels like it slows down a bit during the courtship but i think this was an experience and i think i would recommend it if you enjoy such experiences um but it's definitely rough around the edges much like primer it's rough around the edges and i think that's almost something that gives it a bit more charm because it's it doesn't feel like this big produced thing it feels like one crazy little man's 
uh, absurd vision that he, he wanted to make, and he he put something down and he got it together and he he he, he assembled this thing, and it is unashamedly this person's vision, and I find this vastly more interesting than a mundane film that comes out and is just okay from mainstream cinema. I'm not saying it's better than you know the great movies that come out of mainstream cinema, but if you give me this next to I don't know what came out. Sonic the Hedgehog. This is way better. This is magnitudes better. Sonic the Hedgehog's all right. It's watchable. It's mildly amusing. Right. You should probably just give your rating because <laughs> that's a pretty good summary of your thoughts. <laughs> you can give your rating first, but I've I've summarized. You can have the floor. <laughs> you can pour as much salt as you want. Okay. Well. Believe it or not, I don't like the film. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it. I just think that it's overreaching. I think that I. I do think Shane Carruth is an an interesting filmmaker. I think the movie looks beautiful. Like I really did enjoy the cinematography of it. I didn't love all the music in it. I found it to be a bit monotonous, and it was just too, it was too much. It was, it was overpowering, uh, even with and the extreme editing that was being done was was too much. I was very engrossed in the beginning of the film where I was uh, really into just what was happening, the puzzle, figuring things out, who this character was, what she was going through, the the more like science fiction element in the beginning of the parasite. Um, I was really into that. And then there's a turn in the film where I, the movie was going, I couldn't keep up. And uh, Maybe I'm just not at the level of the film, but I think I think the movie was ambitious and experimental, and I think it missed the mark. So I'm gonna give it a three point five. <laughs> this is revenge for Sphere. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> this is revenge for Sphere, and you know it. Um, I love how this is you, not personal. I I love how your sphere is this like crappy mainstream like big stars mess. Okay. And 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 my equivalent to that is this little low budget art house pretentious indie film. It just it sums us up perfectly. Is all I'm trying to say. Okay. Hey, I like I like these types of films. I think this one just missed the mark. Like. I, I liked Ted so the Iron Man. That was a crazy batshit ride. That was fun and experimental. And maybe there wasn't even any real meanings that I could take from it. But man, what a ride. And I I enjoy lots of like art house films and um, things that aren't, you know, holding your hand when you watch it. I just, uh, I really think that this one thinks it's more layered and deeper but it's actually I'm just, quite shallow. I'm actually I'm on the uh, the the Rotten Tomatoes page right now because I was just. And this is not about me saying hey critics or like on my side. Oh, like, I, I'm sure not, they. That's I'm not, sure they love it. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just looking yeah. for some blurbs here that kind of maybe maybe this one kind of gives my feelings. Clearly, the film is. This is from uh, Michael Atkinson at Sight and Sound. Just for the record, I want to credit who I'm quoting here. Uh, clearly, the film is intended as a tactile experience of poetic ideas of modern disconnection and biophysical insecurity. 
and existential doubt. Uh, and the clarity of these anxious is bru- oh, sorry, of these anxieties is bruising and stunning. Um, okay, it got a lot of pretentious as he went on there. Um, but that that first part I quite like the tactile experience of poetic ideas rather than a traditional narrative. I like that yeah. phrase, right? And that that can go either way. Sometimes I can see a film that tries to do this and is like a mess. Uh, but I would not say this one is a mess. Uh, clearly, given everything I've said in the last eighty minutes, whatever it's been, I don't know. It feels like an eternity. Uh, <laughs> I put a time limit on this, but you said no. <laughs> you, Tara said before we started, let's let's cap this one at twenty minutes, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, why? And she says, because I don't want to talk about this movie. <laughs> or something to that effect. That doesn't sound like No, 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 actually, no, sorry. This movie's not worth talking about any longer. That was the exact phrase, sorry. Let me get it right. <laughs> Which gave me an inkling as to how she felt. Because <laughs> I'm a detective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, so I guess I'll, yeah, I will read it then. Um intoxicating that's a good word for it it's intoxicating <laughs> so, toxic uh, is a good word for you oh how dare you okay like every <laughs> once in a while we're great. me and tara's taste do tend to line up more often than not but every so often there's going to be something where we disagree sphere bizarrely was one of them um i based that on tara's insanity but i liked alphaville <laughs> oh sure sure yeah she liked alphaville too um but i i am not a god art guy but uh, clearly I like this a lot more than you did and I'm going to rate it as such and I'm debating where I want to rate it and I went lower than my initial after our discussion out of spite no doubt <laughs> no th- don't take this personal this is not an attack on you it's all personal there's, there's like daggers in my heart and my back right now <laughs> you're taking this way too personal this is not your film <laughs> maybe shane shane crew yeah i'm sorry uh, i i know you'll do better next time and i i think you have made another film so maybe we'll watch it <laughs> i'll uh, need a break though there right, what's your rating uh, yes my rating um honestly i was debating this uh, i was thinking about it after i watched it uh because i was honest and this 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 next sentence is going to upset you I was genuinely sort of trying to figure out in my mind if I liked this more or less than Primer. And because I think they're both achieving different things. I think they're both going for different things, despite the fact that I can see some directorial similarities and aesthetic similarities between them. This definitely looks better. I think it's a directorial piece. It's a much stronger film. I feel like a much stronger sense of style. It looks better. Um, I actually quite like the editing. Uh, <laughs> you know, so all those qualities, I think, are stronger than Primer. Um, Primer's core idea is like so like just yeah we can pull this off we can pull this mm-hmm. off and just do it and you, you kind of admire it for that and this is kind of like even though it's still ridiculously cheap by movie standards and all the rest of it it just by its nature it feels a bit more pretentious because it's someone who's doing a second movie even though they're still operating on a budget that most people have or most big directors probably had way more of for the first movie uh, never mind the second one. So if I'm rating it, I am going to give it 7.5. Okay. That's not so bad. I think we gave Primer like a 6.5 or a 7 or something. 
I want to say it was below like an eight or seven point five, but uh, we can actually because no, no, I, I remember we t we had a lot of discussion about the actual direction of the film, <clears throat> like the story was really fun, like a fun yeah. puzzle, but and very strong, like in the science fiction side of it. But I think we all or we both agreed that the the look of the film just was. Uh, it was no, just a little too cheap for I, the movie it was trying to make. I remember the points we made, but I think the numbers yeah. were a bit higher because I, I guess we felt the story was good enough to, you know, drag yeah. it up. Okay. Um, that said, though, you can just go back and check that review and see what which number what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, the proof is there. Uh, it's on the record. That was a fun review, anyway. It was. It was I was drawing diagrams and everything, which <laughs> wasn't wasn't as as frequent as I thought it was going to be. There was only really one diagram to draw, but uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think I remember it being kind of a fail. Yes, yes. <laughs> I spent a lot of time setting that up to make sure I could do it, and then it was like pointless. But <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes you have to try the wacky stuff uh, and see right? what sticks. Shane would uh, agree with that. Uh, he definitely would. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. So I have been, you know, attacked for the last uh, ninety minutes. You, this and... is not an attack on you. <laughs> you need to stop taking this so personal. I'm not taking the criticism of the movie personally. It was more that every time I tried to like talk about anything in it, you just immediately went, uh oh, no," and rolled your eyes. That does sound like me. I agree. Uh, the evidence is is, is literally <laughs> minutes before us. Um, I hope people who listen to our review have watched the film and please, please, please tell me what you think of this movie. <laughs> Please. <laughs> People like argue with me, so they're all just gonna take your side just because No, no way. Yeah. No, I am the easy villain, right? They're gonna they're gonna be the villain. Um you may get some snotty like uh like you know, film snob who comes in who's never like watched the show before and will mm -hmm. comment saying that they think you're an idiot because you just didn't give it a chance. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'm the you... Transformers watching Michael Bay loving. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't believe every see see literally on that that uh alphaville review oh you must only like michael bay films like shit yeah check the rest of my reviews please you prick anyway <laughs> i think that was directed towards me because i checked that comment out after you brought it up and because i said that i liked the movie and then i proceeded to to shit on the film but i mean i had complaints about the movie <laughs> it wasn't perfect i just said i liked it i thought it was about me but i mean i mean sure if you want to take this take the hell <laughs> you can have oh, it I'll but take it for you. i'll take the but, bullet uh either way i find the 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 argument annoying but um oh sure yeah so uh yeah there you go that's uh <laughs> that's that's upstream color uh <laughs> if you made it this far on the the episode on youtube specifically uh please do type the word pretentious to the comments uh now that i'm saying it is more than a little bit it's a little pretentious it's gonna be a lot of pretentious comments <laughs> that could be a double meaning because they could be both be actually pretentious and have the word pretentious in them uh Indeed. because we've asked for it uh i have to make tara do our, our pose for the thumbnail uh so yeah yeah make sure your head's not cut off and we can't do three, three two one and say pose so here we go three two one pose There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. What you want something more exciting? No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, 
I, was, I, I wasn't sure how much salt you were going to get into that look, and it was, it was, it was, it was refrained. I got a, a three point five amount of salt. <laughs> yeah, three point five tons. Um, not great, not terrible. <laughs> three point six. Come on now. I know, so close. So close. So close. That's why I should have so rated far. it. Three point six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so until it's coming next time, uh, which I believe is the film Cosmos we're doing next. So we're doing another low budget movie, but uh, the Peter film. <laughs> okay, true, but I, I didn't know what this was going to be like before we watched it. That's true. I was uh, actually looking forward to this film. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Cosmos. It's not low budget, but it's not like a. I don't think it's an art housey film. It's more of a, more of a two people with a camera saying we can do it <laughs> kind of film. Uh, yeah, so, that's right. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's see what they can do. So we'll watch that. A uh, really cheap film on uh and I, and I say that lovingly. It's a really cheap, you know, really low budget movie uh, on Amazon Prime. So we're going to check that out uh, for the next episode. So uh, look forward to that. Um, so yeah, as you know, as we said at the start, you know, please do like. Liking is important on the on the YouTube's. Uh, helps us out a lot, and more people will find us that way. Uh, as is rating the podcast on your Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, you can support us financially at Patreon, as we said at the start, or not start, in the middle. I said it earlier. It was happening. Tara did a whole bit. Uh, I did a thing. I helped. You could do all that. And Tara's about to do another thing, because Tara's about to recommend another Mail Fuzz TV thing. Promote! Yes. Why, if you enjoy watching us review things, we are also reviewing the Twilight Zone. We are reviewing both the classic and the new Twilight Zone. Um, all the new episodes have been released for season two on CBS All Access, but we are doing it one week at a time because that's all we can handle. So watch the show along with us and the reviews mm-hmm. and let us know what you think of The Twilight Zone. Yes. Uh, nowhere near as compelling as this movie was. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we shall see. We're not very far into the show. so. I mean, we're four out of ten and we're almost halfway <laughs> I'll have to think of something else to promote. Which, which I'm, I'm, which I'm saying because I'm like, hey, we're almost at the hump. We're, we're almost at the hump. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to be close to finishing because that new show is not yeah. very good. But Knew yeah, that. yeah. So that is, that is the show. That is the Atomic Serum Experiment. This has been episode seventy six. Uh, so thank you for joining us. If you've been here since episode one, then we applaud you especially. But if we picked you up along the way, that is cool too. Um, we love all of you loads. Uh, so. Yeah, I uh, guess on Twitter, of course, as well, at the Ace Podcast. And that about does it. So, thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Science Fiction Guys in Computer at Salsa. I really hope the next movie's good. <laughs>